What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Brill, here to tell you guys about my friends from Big Friendly Productions. Now, they specialize in creating merchandise for bands, artists, and even lifestyle brands. With their in-house equipment, they can provide shirts, branded hats, and more, as well as some graphic design services. They offer order fulfillment to handle your online orders and ship your merch straight to your fans from their shop. Down in good old Birmingham, Alabama, baby. Now, whether you are getting your first shirt, you're just starting out, or you're going on a 40 show run, hit them up for all your merchandising needs. Check out their website, bigfriendlyproductions.com, or shoot them an email, merchandising at bigfriendlyproductions.com. Now, we're going to get into the episode. This is Outside the Round with Matt Brill. Also, make sure you guys like, rate, subscribe, tell your mama and them. And for more details and uh, to get in touch with the rest of the familia, visit raiserowdy.com. Now, let's get into it. Outside the Round with me, Matt Brill, a Raise Rowdy podcast. This is Outside the Round with Matt Burrill, a Rage Rowdy podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Outside the Round. Today, a very special episode. You know it's a special occasion when I got the shades on, and it's freaking 1041 in the morning. We have got the man, the myth, the legend. There are Guys and girls that are that are personalities in town that do the music thing that are talented artists, songwriters, musicians, but they're just vibes. They're just hangs, and this guy is the epitome of that. You think of of Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You think of Joe Dirt. You think of Kid Rock. You put them all on the one young, talented, beautiful man. It is this guy right here, little skinny. What's up, Matt? How the fuck are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great this morning, you know. Dude, feeling great. Feeling all the vibes. The attire today. <laughs> you are just like stone cold pimping. Yeah, like, man. I mean, it was cold. And when the cold weather hits, I'm like, oh, this is my time to shine. This is my time to break out the crazy shit. And uh, this is probably not the craziest thing I have in my closet, which is pretty scary. Yeah, what? So we got a coyote on the hat. On yeah, the hat. yeah, this is a, a coyote hat. And this is like a chinchilla, which is like a lot not of chin- real, of that, course. But it's a lot of a lot of chinchillas. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. That's what they call it on the website. I was just like, okay, I'll just go with it. I think that's probably a code word for this is mystery fur. We don't know what it came from, but uh, but yeah, man, I'm just I feel out the vibes today. I was like. I don't think I need to go half-ass to go see my boy Matt Burrell today. So Dude, I, I, lo- pimp it out a little bit. I love it. I love all the rings you got on, too, Yeah, bro. man. Well, yeah, this one's my favorite right here. So this is my Razorback ring because I'm from Arkansas. Woo pig. Woo pig, baby. Hell Let's yeah. go. But yeah, man. That's awesome, man. Um, so you've been in town for how long now? Because you're a Nashville native of Nashville, well, Arkansas. Arkansas. So yeah, man. I'm originally <laughs> from Nashville, Arkansas, and I moved to Tennessee about a year and I guess going on a year and 11 months ago. So, wow. Yeah we're, yeah, we're fixing to go. Yeah, year 10, year 11 months. So my two-year anniversary will be about mid-January. No you know, shit. So. When Do you know the exact date in January? Yeah, it'll be like that last weekend was when I first like, okay. moved here. It's like, yeah. That's right so, around my birthday. Oh, shit. So uh, it had been like 2021st around there. Yeah, so. I was 20, Yeah, I'm, I'm January 23rd for my birthday. Yeah, so about that time. So I, I don't know if you remember two years ago when I first moved here, it snowed real big. Yes. And everybody oh, yeah. got logged in their house. So I was here. My first day in Nashville, I didn't even get to go out. I had to stay in my Airbnb I rented for two nights before I could ever go out. Jeez. And on the third night, I went out, and that's when I discovered Red Door. <laughs> and then everything changed from there. Yeah, that was the week that everybody was on Clubhouse. 
don't know if you remember that. Everybody was on this app called Clubhouse, and it was like chat room things yeah. on the phone where they where it'd be like almost like TED talks. Yeah, and all of us were on that for like the week that Nashville shut down because of the snow. Just and it was like seven inches of snow. It wasn't even like a yeah, ton it of it snow. It wasn't that time. So like we've gotten that much in Arkansas before in my lifetime. So like it was it wasn't that crazy amount. But for some reason everybody's just like, dude, we're, that's we're what they do. People freak the fuck out oh, over dude. the snow. And I remember everybody being on Clubhouse and being like, and Nikki and I were talking because this was obviously long before him and I merged with with Ray's Rowdy. Yeah. And um, him, I remember him and I being like. So instead of rounds, are we gonna are we gonna do this now? This, and it was like, is this it? it's like, let's, are we, what is happening? Uh, but then after a week, shit went back to normal. Yeah, it so. went back to normal. It's like, <laughs> is this COVID again? But like Snowvid, or like, yeah, what's going on? What was your first Red Door? So that first night that you go to Red Door, yeah. So what started out was I, I, the only thing I knew about was Whiskey Jam. So I went down to Whiskey Jam and checked that out down at Winters, and I, I met a bunch of people. And you know, I I was on American Idol at one yeah. point. And so I was actually on there two different times, but I met a couple people from American Idol. I'm like, oh shit, this is cool. At, uh, whiskey, at Whiskey Gym, they're like, we're going over to Red Door. And I was like, what's Red Door? And that's a crazy question now because I spent my last two years in there. But I was like, what's Red Door? They're like, come on, we'll show you. So I go with my buddy and we go down there and uh, we start hanging out. And about that time, Jelly Roll walks in. And he just starts hanging with us and like two more American Idol people walk in, three more American Idol people. And there's like eight American Idol contestants in Jelly Roll just hanging out in Red Door. And that's when I, that's when I stopped remembering things. No shit. But yeah, man. That was my very like my very first night out in Nashville moving here. Yeah, I feel like of all the people that I know that find themselves in just the wildest situations, just from being a good hang, you're on that list of just the rooms in the company that you found yourself in yeah, over man. the past two years has got to be just insane. You must yeah, have man. just seen all like no. you're, you hang out on John Daly's bus all the <laughs> fucking time. I see you with kid rock. I see you with co Wetzel. Yeah. I see you with jelly. And I'm like, Nothing surprises me. If I saw you hanging out with with Trump, I'd be like, "It's just another day in the life of little skinny." Well, this hopefully is just that's what happens. Soon. I mean, I'm trying to work on that. But anyways, uh, really, yeah, hopefully, one of these days, you never know, man. You never know. I don't want to. I don't wanna do too much wishful thinking here. But yeah, man, I I gotta say, first of all, is I'm really blessed, man. I I live an awesome life, and I got some really cool friends. When I came to town, you know, everybody told me it was a ten year town, and it and it. And it is in a way, and what was cool about that was when I moved here, I thought I had all the time in the world, so I wasn't really looking for, you know, trying to make big career moves or anything. I was just coming to find friends because I was moving to a new place that I absolutely knew maybe like two people in this town. And so I came out here just to, you know, find good friends, and it just kind of also, you know, making awesome friends, making these awesome relationships, a career came with it, and I'm so blessed to have you know, all these cool hangs and just living life to the fullest, man. It's so cool because I can wake up every day and I have a smile on my face like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen today, but it's going to be cool and I'm excited for it. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so the other night we had Butt Rock Night. Oh, yeah. And God, that was our third one. It was um, Nothing But Rock Volume 3. Epic. And to me, it was the, they just keep getting better and better every time we fucking do them. And this one was extra special because 
usually we have to put a writer's round in front of it or we have to do karaoke at the end of it. This time we were able to facilitate the whole night with full band stuff and a couple of little solo performances thrown in there by Dean and Mikey. Yeah. But it was fucking wild. And one of my favorite moments, bro, was, and this was cultivated by previously by us being at the fucking Rusty Nail. Yeah, Shout out right. to the Rusty fucking Nail. <laughs> the Rusty fucking God bless the Rusty fucking Nail. The, <laughs> the, the, the RFN, Rusty fucking Nail. We got we to gotta make those hats RFN, mm. like the BNA hats, but they're RFN. Bro, on I the back, one. Rusty Nail. Oh, I would too. The fur um, coat might get shelved on that. <laughs> for the fur hat, I mean, the fur hat might get shelved for the... Rusty fucking nail, dude. Out. <laughs> rusty fucking nail. Um, but you, um, you had played rhythm and smoke, and we had we were doing like covers, yeah. and you were like, and I didn't even know the song "Tomorrow" by Silverchair. I didn't. I had never <laughs> even heard it, but you fucking played it at, at yeah. rhythm and smoke. Yeah, I think it, I think it went down was Joe Haydale started playing like tonic, yes. or something like that. And I was like, oh, dude, if we're gonna do like ninety shit, I'll throw some stuff out. Yeah. And so yeah, so to, uh, Silverchair was one of my favorite uh, songs to cover from that stuff because. I, Growing up back in Arkansas, I did a shitload of cover gigs, and I was only about an hour from Texarkana. So I would go down to East Texas and play down there a bunch. And I'll never forget, right when COVID started, I was playing at a little brewery down in Texarkana, and these people came up to me, and they're like, hey, we'd like to book you for our uh, Memorial Day party. I was like, sweet, that'd be awesome. And uh, they were having a big pool party. Well, country shuts down, all this stuff happened, and we're like, we're still having it. Yeah, no like, shit, woo pig. Woo pig, let's go. Well, I pull up, and these people had this incredible pad. I mean, great big house, so you had to have a gate code to get in. I go pull up, and I'm like, all right, let's go. And I go out there, they're having this big pool party. Well, it starts raining, and it starts thunder and stuff. They're like, we're going to move it inside. So I'm inside of this great big house, and I'm playing in front of their wine cellar. I put JBL speakers in front of their wine cellar, <laughs> and I start getting on a stool, and I start playing stuff. And like two hours in, and nobody's really listening. Well, everybody starts getting drunk about the third hour, and they're all in. And I'm like tired by this point. They're like, we'll pay you to keep going. And it's just $100 bills, $100 bills, $100 bills. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll stay. And so I keep playing, and then about the fourth hour, they're like, we want to hear some shit from back in our day. Play some 90s grunge. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. So I started, like, playing these songs on the spot, and a few of them actually worked out. And Tomorrow by Silverchair was one of their requests. So thank you to those people I played for their wine cellar for inspiring Butt Rock Night yeah, four what, years ago. Yeah, what year were you born? In 99. So you were born in 99. Yeah. So I was born in I as a sign. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's... And how crazy is it to be, to have some good buddies that are like, that are still like big names like Bob and John yeah. Yeah. and folks like that, but th their heyday was like before. And in the, in, they're into, yeah. Yeah, it was like, what well, was like the year that you were born was like their heyday. That was when John was ripping darts on the PGA tour. And that was when yeah. Bob was doing Woodstock 99. And that was the year you were born so is it like are those guys like like uncles like like, well, like you know, father figures like what's the relationship like i think with these a dudes? lot of people you know think of me a, a little bit more like an old soul and uh one of the one of the things that kind of translated that you know in my life was uh, when i was younger I, uh, I was hanging around a lot of old men so me and my dad had a hunting dog kennel back home and i was a little skinny and my dad's nickname was skinny so that's how i got the ah, nickname so skinny and a little skinny okay and we had skinny boys kennels and so we had uh, these hunting dogs, and we go train them, and we chased coyotes is what we did. And so we chased fox, deer, and coyotes, and did all these field trials and these competitions. And with being in that environment, I was around a lot of older men, a lot of older guys, so that I just naturally, you know, wanted to hang out with guys, you know, 10 to 
you 10 years older or twice my age just because that's where I was comfortable because I didn't want to do what kids my age were doing. That wasn't fun. I want to do, like, big boy shit. I wanted to, like, go kill stuff, shoot guns, run around yeah. trucks. Like, let's go do some cool shit. So I think that kind of translated into me coming to Nashville, kind of hanging out with some of these guys that had been around, and I learned so much for, you know, people like that. Yeah, dude, you got to make a hat that has Skinny's kennels. That that's got to be part of that's got to be part yeah, of the little skinny merch shirt. line. I have I have an old, uh, old shirt that we made to to go to this one hunt one time to re- represent. But I, I do have old Skinny Boys kennel shirt. Yeah, I'm saying you get you that's that should be part of your merch line. Like that's part of the brand. <laughs> skinny Boys, Skinny's Ken, Skinny Boys kennels. Come on, like bro, I think yeah, I, honestly, I think people <laughs> fucking wear it. Like, like honestly, we don't know what this is, but fuck no, yeah. dude. But that's what fucking works. Like we put a raccoon on a t-shirt and people go ape shit. For yeah, it. actually, that's funny you said that. My mom had a fit over that shirt. She saw somebody wearing it downtown. She's like, I gotta have one of those. Like, I think I know where to hook you, <laughs> hook you up. And so I brought I, when I went back to Arkansas recently. I brought her that shirt. She was four. She that's loved awesome. it. So yeah, she's re- mom's repping the raised rowdy merch at the daycare. Well, well, she <laughs> knows that you. That she raised you rowdy. That's been 100%. one of the. That's that's something. And I wasn't around for for when this stuff was happening. But when Nick and um, and Jacob Geardin, um, yeah. who was the other co-owner of Raise Rowdy, until I came in and <laughs> and bought the other bought, bought out Jacob's half. We love yeah. you, Jacob. Um, but one of the things that um with the early days of Raise Rowdy was Nick U T and all those guys that just started as a group of group of. Friends going to concerts, drinking all the beers, being yeah. in the front row, and knowing every word every word to Ashley McBride songs when she was playing the clubs oh, to Arkansas. Yep, baby. yeah, um, to Ashley McBride, to Cadillac Three, <laughs> to early Luke Combs, early Riley Green, early Muscadine Bloodline, like early Hardy, and they were getting in with these artists because at the time the, the they were in the positions that that you're in or that. Yeah. Even like we're like our friends like Ella Langley or people that are on the come up right now. And the Race Rowdy crew was like invested in them going up 10, 11 shows a year of the Cadillac 3 or Laney Wills or these people. So the parents started taking notice, the parents of the artists. Yeah. So like Mama Combs, <laughs> Riley's mom, Mama Duckman, um, <laughs> Mama Duckman, Mama, Ma- Mama Muncaster, Charlie Muncaster yeah. from Muscadine's mom. And they were like, we love this. You're damn right. We raised them rowdy, you know? <laughs> and that was one of the things was you had the parents of these artists wearing raised rowdy shit because they're like, hell yeah, we, yeah. we did raise them rowdy, <laughs> you know? So they are. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's kind of one of the early moments of like, Raise Rowdy growing was that the artists that are all superstars now, yeah. when they were all coming up, the art the parents saw Nick and the crew up in Pittsburgh, and they were like, "Yeah, we did raise them Rowdy." Yeah. So shout that, out to the awesome, supportive, and amazing parents. You know, yeah, dude, that honestly, understanding, understanding parents. Yeah, because you're you're young, so you're fucking twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, I tw- just turned twenty four. You're twenty four, and you were talking about doing like being on Idol young. Yeah, man. Doing gigs young, I'm sure singing in church. When I was 15. Yeah, but just the singing and stuff. I started playing drums when I was 12. And I'm so sure yeah. your parents love that. Oh yeah, man. My first gig ever, my first bar gig, I was 13. I think I just turned actually just turned 14. I played at Rum Boogies on Bill Street. It was my first uh, first gig ever. Bill Street, like Memphis. In Memphis. So yeah. So I, I I don't really talk about this much, but I was actually a blues artist when I first started. 
So when I was 15, I was on American Idol. I actually did blues music. I want to be like Stevie Ray Vaughan. I play yeah. trios. Doesn't surprise me knowing <laughs> you. Like it doesn't. The blues, like yeah, man. That's like that was my first love. Like that was that's basically my roots. Yeah, is that part of growing up in Arkansas? Like being near the Delta, because yeah, man, it is a. Uh, it, that is such a huge part of the culture. Like I've been to Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. and we've done shows at Dueling Hall, and we'll stay. One that when I was with Gary and Charlie, we got to Jackson the night we we spent the night before in Jackson, yeah. and there was some little old blues club, sketchy as all hell. Oh, uh, but yeah. you go in there and it's just this, these old old folks of all colors, all shapes and sizes on stage. And they're just jamming, and you're like, this is some of the best fucking music I've ever heard. And you being from Arkansas and having Memphis nearby, having yeah, Mississippi man. nearby. Yeah, you, and East Texas had a big blues Yeah, dude, blues that, too, that's so. the world you got to grow up in. So yeah, it doesn't man. surprise me that, that Lil Skinny was coming up as a as a blues guy. Yeah, man. When I was, yeah, when I was 15, I made it on American Idol, and I was doing blues music, and uh, I kind of did that up until I was about 18. Now it's kind of that was a big turn of events because 18 is when we finally sold the dog kennel and everything. We got rid of the hunting dogs, and I was going to college and realized that I had a headline like or co-headline with the big blues festival. And I made like three, four hundred dollars, and I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna be able to make a living playing the blues." Like it's sad, I love it, but I'm gonna have to do something different. So I was kind of lost. And I ended up going to Washita Baptist in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, which is a Christian school. And there's a highway that divides Washtenaw Baptist and Henderson State University, which was the state school, the party school. Yeah. And so there's a highway divided them. Well, over at Henderson State University, the very first, my very first week of college, they had a concert in the football field, and they put a stage on the track, looked up towards the bleachers, and they had Co Wetzel and Whiskey Myers. Noise pull, noise complaint had just came out with Co Wetzel. Wow. I paid like ten or fifteen bucks for a ticket. Walked across the street. Went to the concert, had a dorm meeting that I would got fined like three hundred dollars if I missed. So I watched Co Wetzel in the intermission. I went back to the dorm meeting, walked back across, <laughs> bought another ticket, went in and saw Whiskey Myers, and it changed my life. I was like, "This is the type of shit I want to do." And so that's what kind of molded what Little Skinny is today, kind of doing the country southern rock thing. And that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, like and. That was, so, that was, Noise Complaint had just come out. That's what, then, 16, 17? 18. Or that's 2018. Yeah, 2018. Okay, 2018. Yeah, okay. 2018's, uh, yeah, fall of 2018 was when that, so I think Noise Complaint came out like February or March of yeah. 2018. Yeah, because my first time seeing Co. was in 2019, yeah. Christmas, like right. They're starting They're starting to catch some traction then. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah Harold, Harold Saw High. Yeah, Harold Saw High just, yeah, that that's when had, they got their boost. That had just come out. And yeah. um, we we did some shows when I was out with Muscadine. We did some shows opening for Co. in Texas and Oklahoma. And that was my first time really getting to meet Co. and Dre and, and the wild Dude. bunch that is in that, that family. I, um, I do, too. They're fucking great yeah, guys, man. good friends of the program with what we do. And um, But the first time seeing a Co. show, I was like, Bro. Jesus Fucking Christ. It's crazy because, you know, when they came to Ascend, I got to go to, you know, to yeah. the Ascend show. I saw y'all yep. there walking up and uh, going to the Ascend show and just looking back from, you know, seeing it now and the looking back when I was at, you know, a D2 football stadium <laughs> watching these guys just, you know, be rock stars over for Whiskey Myers. It was just, it was truly something, it was something really cool. 
Yeah, that uh, I'm sure you got some wild stories. Oh yeah, man, I'll, I'll never forget when. Uh, so Co came when he came to Arkadelphia. There's there's a bar kind of like uh, the Rusty Nail, but it was called the Q, and that was the bar in town. And he came to the Q, and that place was packed out, and it had like one of those shopping mall parking lots, and the whole place was just full. And so everybody, you know, it was like, oh, Co was in town. Co was in town, and back then he was known to show up at like frat parties yeah he just show up at frat parties and it, it would start a street parade like i know he shut down streets in argadelphia i know he went down to magnolia uh, to sau uh, southern Ar- southern arkansas university and just would shut down streets and they'd have like street parades like the old like the old like 90s days and i'm like what artists like you know around 2018 is doing you know doing shit like that like yeah. it was og gangster stuff it was pretty cool yeah that is that is wild so now since being up here you've gotten some some traction dude yeah, like and looking back doing the american idol shit like people always have like i feel like there's different stigmas and folks kind of there's like the stigma to the folks to the the kids that come up and take have the opportunities before they move to town of idol and yeah. the voice and different things like that just like there's a stigma to people that play out in town right yeah. so what's that kind of been like navigating that because there's people that are like oh you don't want to play on broadway you're gonna get stuck on broadway yeah but it's like there's great opportunities out there and then there's the same thing with these these competition shows like i have a friend um claudia who's on the voice right now right, and, and yeah. killing it we had saw hunter girl with idol like right. caleb lathrop caleb lathrop was on was yeah. on a show you've been on shows so like caleb lathrop was actually one of the people in that jelly roll story i was talking about there no was like, shit hey, so yeah he'd come up to us and start whispering he's like i won't be on idol this coming season like, dude, he's like, it's, it's not so much. I remember watching you last season. I won't be on this season, dude. Like, I'm part of the crew. I was like, come on. So, like, there's a picture, yeah. like, on all of these American Idol people. And Caleb's in it. And then now, you know, it's it's cool because he made it on the show and got the American Idol experience. But at that time, nobody, you know, knew who he was yet, which is yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like there is kind of like a, a stigma to it? Like, a lot of artists don't want to. Like one of the things, like when I've had label artists on before, one of the things yeah. is don't talk about. They don't want to talk about their experience doing that. Like you, like right. you, I mean, but even look like artists like Morgan Wallen was on The Voice. People forget that he was on The Voice covering fucking One Direction and Kings of Leon. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's been a thing for a long time. But like for your experiences, because you've had success organically in town, but then yeah. you've had th- done the nationwide thing with yeah, those man. shows, like yeah, so, like balancing yeah. that shit. So a lot of people saw me when I was on American Idol when I was 15 because I got a lot of airtime. But I was actually back on American Idol when I was 21, about two years ago. And I made the top 40. And I, I learned a lot going through that experience because, you know, you hear all the horror stories about, you know, the contracts. And, the, and there's all, all kinds of things that people are worried about with, with Idol. But I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be here without it. You know, it's, it's basically kind of, I would call it, you know, rites of passage for a lot of artists because when you're there it's a networking monster because everybody there on American Idol is going to do something in their career you know maybe not everybody but most people are going to do something in their career and they're at that point that they're fixing to make a break because you know it's a there's an age limit not like the voice or America's Got Talent there's an age limit with American Idol it's like 27 is the oldest age and then the youngest age is 15 so between those years of age all these you know people have a chance of doing something real, real big if they haven't done it yet and so that's what I loved about American Idol. Is like I've, I've got friends, one of my uh, really close friends I met on Idol is Mason Via. And me and Mason were on the show together, and about three months after we got uh, got off the show, he ends up 
you know, me and he starts, and he already knew them, was good friends with Old Crow Medicine Show, and he ends up being the co lead singer of Old Crow Medicine Show. It starts going on tour with them. So it's cool to see people that you started out with, you know, on that show that go and do big things because everybody's at that point that they're about to do. Yeah. Now, coming up out of Arkansas, was that one of your first times being on an airplane? Oh, my first time ever being on an airplane was when I was 15. Going to Idol? Yeah, going to Idol. Yeah, going to Hollywood. So when. So I got to tell this story. This is a really great story. Yeah. Take up a few minutes. But uh, when I, I wasn't really trying to be an artist at the time. I was I was just in love with music. So I started playing drums when I was 12. I was on the drum line in the high school band and was kind of doing that thing. And then I started playing in a blues band when I was about 13, 14. Hot Springs, Arkansas, we call it. It was the Spa City Blues in the schools. It was the Spa City Blues Society. And so I started playing in this blues band, and our guitar player quit. I was a drummer, but we had two. We had another drummer. It was two drummers, and then we only had one guitar player. Where our guitar player quit, and I was like, well, I'll start learning how to play guitar. So I started like, learning some chords and stuff, joined the band. My first gig playing guitar is, you know, Run Boogies on Bill Street. So I start doing the blues band thing, and then been playing for about six months, and we had moved from Nashville, Arkansas, me and my family, to Murfreesboro, Arkansas. And we- <laughs> You're kidding me. No, there's a, there's a fucking Murfreesboro. There's a Murfreesboro. That's where my family lives now. So we moved up to I Murfreesboro. I love that. This is a wild story. So we moved yeah. from Nashville, Arkansas to Murfreesboro, Arkansas. And we got a big place with about, you know, 50 acres, big three-acre pond, all stuff. And, you know, me being a redneck, country as shit, I was wanting to fish this pond, but I didn't have a boat to fish it. So I'm looking for a flat-bottom boat. So I go driving around, and I find this old man right down the street that's got a flat-bottom boat for sale for $300. And so I'm like, all right, I got to find $300. So I go to my parents and say, hey, I got, there's this flat-bottom boat for sale down the road. We would really like to get to fish the pond. And they're like, no, you're 15. We want to start teaching you a lesson of, hey, you need to work for what you want, you know, work for what you should get. So I'm like, okay, so back to the drawing board. What's the easiest get rich quick scheme that I can get this flat bottom boat and get $300. So I started looking around and over in Hope, Arkansas, which is actually where May Estes is from. We grew up about yeah. 30, 30 minutes from each other. Yeah. Over in Hope, Arkansas, there's a uh, watermelon festival and they call it, uh, there's the Hope Watermelon Festival and they had a talent show called Watermelon Idol. Wow. And so Watermelon Idol, if you made the top five, you got to compete for $300 and the winner got to open, you got $300 cash prize and you got to open up for Sammy Kershaw. And so I was like, this is in. This is like, this is every redneck's dream. So let's let's go try to win this competition. So I go on Tuesday. There's like 20, 25 people there. And so I start playing my song. I do Can't You See by Marshall Tucker Band. I start playing this song. And I go up there and get off stage. Everybody's oh, you did great. You, there's, no, there's no way you didn't make it. They come out with the results. I don't make the top five to come back on Saturday. And I am pissed. I'm like, here we go. I got to go work. Do some. I, I lost the jobs. damn watermelon idol. And I lost watermelon <laughs> idol. How in the hell am I going to get my flat bottom boat now? I got to go work for a couple months and get $300. It's going to suck. Well, mom comes up to me after it's over and she goes, hey, I know that you, I thought you were going to have plans on Saturday because I thought you were going to make it. But since you didn't, over in Little Rock, they're having – American Idol auditions. Won't we go try out for American Idol? I said, Mom, if I can't make Watermelon Idol, how in the hell am I going to make American Idol? She said, I believe in you. Let's go do it. So we go and like we get there like 9 a.m., which if you ever do one of those experiences, it was way too late. You need to be there like right when the sun comes up because everybody's lining up outside the arenas. 
you know, which they, they went since COVID, they went full Zoom. So that's not even a thing anymore. But you used to line up in front of the arenas, do the cattle call auditions, and they had eight tables. And you go up in pairs of two and uh, go in all, or actually it was a lines of three. You, there was three people, and they'd like kind of mock, you know, American Idol. I was like, two of y'all step back, one of y'all step forward. All right, the one step forward, come with me, go on the next round, kind of do this thing. And they started out that, and they would kind of mock film it. Well, I went down there and, and I went from one table to the other and went to another round and then they asked me to come back the next day so we could drive all the way home from Little Rock and go back the next day. And they're like, hey, we want you to come audition uh, for us in front of the celebrity judges here in about a month. And so Jennifer Lopez, Harry Connick Jr., Keith Urban all came to Little Rock and I auditioned in front of them. They're like, you're going to Hollywood. So this is where the airplane thing comes in. So... I go to Hollywood, and me and Mom go up to Little Rock Airport, and we, we're sitting there, and we get on the plane, and uh, one, one of my best friends now is Trent Harmon, and he's sitting next oh, to dude, us. Oh, dude, love yeah. Trent Harmon. Yeah, Trent's love one of my that best guy. friends. And so Such that's, a good And that's guy. when me and him kind of connected, and we're on this plane, my first, my first airplane experience ever, and we fly, it was just connect flights. So we're going from Little Rock to Dallas-Fort Worth to Dallas-Fort Worth at LAX. So we fly down to Dallas-Fort Worth, and it's early morning, like 6, 7 in the morning. Like, sun's barely coming up. We fly out, and there's a thunderstorm happening. And we're riding around, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. It's my first time on an airplane. This is great. And I'm <laughs> steadily doing this thing the whole time. And, like, the, the flight attendant comes and sits by us, and she's sitting over here like this, and I don't know what's going on. And we finally land, and me and Trent's like, hey, are you okay? She's like, I flew on thousands of flights, and that was the scariest flight I've ever been on. And I'm like... <laughs> Sweet, that was the greatest first flight I've ever had. So yeah, and I have not had a bumpy flight like that since. But for my first one, the flight attendant said that was the scariest flight she'd ever had. So I guess that just was you know setting the tone for the rest of my. Career. I just I just love the. You should have that in your your Instagram bio. Um, watermelon Idol American reject Idol. American Idol contestant. <laughs> I, I will update this. Honestly, bro, I think that is fucking awesome. Yeah, man. And Trent Harmon, great fucking guy. I've gotten great to know person. Trent was when I was doing the radio thing, because that's my background, was yeah. I was a, a college radio DJ and then involved in the New Jersey, New York scene whenever artists yeah. would come through. And it's funny looking back because you'd have like baby Morgan Wallen playing at Jenks Club where they used to fist pump and do film the Jersey Shore. We used to have country nights there every Wednesday and we had Wallen as one of the guys that came through there. Like That's epic night. Baby Florida Georgia line baseball jersey with a fucking flap rim hat Wallen, you know? Yeah. Like looks like he did now. His hair was a little bit longer than it is now. But um but I met Trent Harmon around that same circuit because yeah. He had um, he had come up and played a show at um, in Asbury Park near at a venue near nearby the stone near the Stone Pony called the House of Independence. It was always such a nice guy, and then I got reconnected with him recently through um, through our buddy Anthony Mossberg, which yeah, I'm sure dude. you know Anthony. Yeah, Anthony and we're, we're close friends. Talk about just an un, an underrated dude. Oh man, Mossberg can fucking can dude, sing he, and he, write. He's got it going on. Man. He's, he's got the take, and he's got it's. He's one of those guys too, and this is something I can definitely talk to you about. A conversation yeah. we can definitely have. The fucking the social media thing, bro. Like it's yeah. it's so interesting. There's so many different ways to kind of invent the wheel and have success. And everybody's definition of of success is a little bit different. 100%. Like obviously you want to get shit going in town. You right. wanna you want you wanna have the you wanna have have it happen immediately. That's 
not always well you want it to happen immediately but then at the same time you also want there to be success out of town because you can be you can be the biggest thing in nashville you can be the biggest fucking thing at music row have all the buzz about you you can't sell tickets and you're not getting streams outside of nashville you ain't worth a fuck you know like honestly dead ass and then there's people that don't have as much buzz in town, but have over a hundred thousand TikTok followers. Yeah, but don't even have the music out yet because they don't yeah, know God, how they're, to. They're, they're nothing in town, so it's like that. Yeah, so it's that yeah. Find that medium. It's you know, so weird. Balance. Yeah, which that's what excites me about you is that you're going out and starting to do shows out of town. Yeah, like you have, and it's not even I would say, but it's just people love being around you. And I'm not trying to like you, gas you up too much right now, I but like. That. When people, when you walk into a room, it's like, fuck yeah, Skinny's here. Like, there's just energy and positivity and good vibes. And even if you might not be having the best day, yeah, you make everybody else. I don't ever want to show that, you know? Bro, you make everybody else around you feel like a million bucks just because you're there and smiling and being you. And, yeah, like, it's, it's awesome to have that. And, like, you have this. So, in that aspect, you have, like, the buzz in town. And, obviously, you sign, you sign some papers that have yeah, changed yeah. things a little bit. And getting ready to, like... Your your career, your solo career is starting to take off in directions yeah. that you want it to, which at 24 is very impressive and great. And now it's how do you take what you've created and cultivated here in Nashville, Tennessee, that started in Nashville, Arkansas, that's now right. in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. How do you take that shit to the world? You know, right. you know, you know how, how do you broadcast that? Yeah. 100%. So, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to do right now is because I grew up as a live performer before I started, you know, doing the social media and everything. And that's kind of what I feel like handicapped me a little bit with, you know, the big experience I got on American Idol when I was 15 is I didn't know how to do social media and just didn't really care. Yeah. So I kind of missed out on a big opportunity to kind of start a fan base really young when I didn't know what I was doing. And so that was that was one of the, the key things of, you know, learning, hey, I need to start posting. I need to start building a brand. I need to take it right now. And I made a commitment to myself when I was 15 or 16 of, you know, Ethan, because that's my real name. Yes. You know, so, breaking yeah, news. If you don't news, know, yeah. Ethan. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was like, Ethan, what, what are you going to, you know, do with your life? Are you going, are you going to do this full time or are you going to go to college and do something else? And so I, you know, I made a commitment to myself at 15 is like, I'm not going to have any serious girlfriends. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have any kids. I'm going to devote myself and we'll start a little skinny and we'll start this brand right now. And hopefully by eight to 10 years, I can make something happen. And so we're at eight going on to year nine, you know, of, of starting from that, you know, that point. And so that's where I, you know, I just had to make a commitment that early and stick with it. And that's, and it's kind yeah. of, you know, what's kind of happening now. Yeah. So. Full circle. We talk about, you were talking about before people say it's a 10 year town yeah. and it is. It might not even be a ten year town. It, it might have be, to be a town. It could yeah. be a ten year process. It's a ten year process. And that's ten. why I tell everybody it doesn't have to be here in this town. Yeah. It doesn't, you, doesn't mean when somebody does come move to town and, and something, you know, blows up for them, doesn't mean that there was a lot of preparation that you didn't see before that, you know. Yeah. What um what are the big differences between Little Skinny and, and Ethan? Ethan? Because you a big thing that people need to find and to be successful is in my opinion, I mean, Nikki and I talk about it all the time. We yeah. we say like our our four our four things that like really make an artist right now the distinct voice. When you know it's when you know it's a guy or a girl, oh, you know who somebody. the fuck that is. You know it's Luke Combs. You know it's Morgan Wallen. You know it's a little skinny. Yeah, you, you hear that sound. The songs obviously it starts with the songs. Without the song, you don't have a fucking thing. Right. And then having like a having like a like a bit that makes them different from everybody else. Right. Like an authentically like to where. Oh, 
Yes, a brand. Exactly. Having that and then the viral moment or or the the big kind of moment, which yeah. you could look at Ashley McBride with the yeah. Garth Brooks and um and Eric Church stuff that happened. Obviously mm-hmm. Wallen's had those, Combs has had those like Stapleton. Yes, Stapleton. Yep, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Just having that big moment, whether that's on, on TV or that's social media or whatever yeah. that's captured. But the branding and there's so many artists and so many just people in general that are like that NPC, that non-playable character right. that's like in in Grand Theft Auto or in <laughs> Call of Duty that's just kind of chilling off to the side. Sad. You're just like hanging out. Yeah. It doesn't have that that energy or have that thing that separates him or herself yeah. from well, doesn't other knock people. The talent. They could be the, one of the most talented people. Yeah, now, but you know you, you kind of have to find yeah. this thing and own it. Yeah, know? I don't want I don't want to say names, but there's a lot of guys and girls that come to mind that have great yeah. voices great songs but what there's nothing that's like that there's no like pizzazz there's nothing there right. and to me that that to me is one of your greatest strong suits is you're like this is me i am little skinny this is who i am and you have this energy about you yeah so like what's the what's the difference of like do you, what's the difference between skinny and ethan Kelly? yeah 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 man so so Ethan, before I even kind of start building a, a little skinny brand, because I've got to thank my mom for that because she, she kind of you know showed me the way of like a bunch of the guys I idolized growing up. Like one of my biggest idols was Stevie Ray Vaughan. If you ever see a picture or video of Stevie Ray Vaughan, that man is decked out in the coolest ghetto ass, just yeah. cool suit, swagger, you know? swagger. He had the thing going on, you know. And so that was one of the things like Ethan was lacking. Like man, I I was cool with putting on what. Well, Back in Arkansas, a houndstooth t-shirt, like a Cabela's Bass Pro t-shirt, like long sleeve, some blue jeans, some boots, and maybe not have brushed my hair in two days, and I was content. And so, like, I was just, you know, all about just hanging out, going out, doing my thing, but not really kind of dressing up and being a brand. So, seeing my mom pointing out stuff about, like, Stevie Ray Vaughan and those guys like that that had this whole picture of every time you saw them, they had some kind of look, some kind of charisma, some kind of theme for that day and so I, I thought that was really cool you know to kind of take into light and as and used it as inspiration of building your own char- character so like when you walk in a room they don't forget you when you walk out yeah 100%. dude and that to me is again like even before you and I really got to know each other, we're boys. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're family. Dog. When I when I think of, of artists that I'm that I'm like that guy's my fucking boy yeah you're, you. you're at the yeah. top, like, and, and the fact we, we live nearby each other out, out here east of town in Hermitage and all that Hermitage. stuff. But even before then, I was like, I felt like I I knew I knew you through what you were posting and yeah. through our our minimal encounters that we would have at Live Oak or Losers. Like you would just pop in, you you pop, and that's the thing too, dude. The Midtown is an interesting place to fucking navigate, and it's <laughs> it and it's different. changed in the fucking last six months. It's yeah. changed in the it's, last year with different things that used to be there. That the are last the, three weeks. I mean, it's constantly changed, bro. Yeah, like it's navigating Midtown. It's crazy. It's exhausting. That's why I like being at the nail. Like I love what we do at Live Oak, and I love the we do eight we do um six between six and eight events a month at live oak yeah. right now i know you have your event there as well little skinny's yeah, rowdy shit show, which, shit show which we love we're big fans of what you do over there Thank brother you, and yeah, especially bro. being on a tuesday night making tuesdays like one of the nights yeah, man. at live oak um but one thing that i like about the rusty nail is you don't have to have the the hey how are you midtown conversations no 
that we have, and especially me being sober. I'm California sober, so yeah. I used to have a really bad habit of seeing how much caffeine I could drink and how much THC I could I could intake Take, before yeah. I went out, yeah. and I was just floating. And it would, then you get paranoid, right. and then they're this, and then you yeah. bump into that person at Red Door that you <laughs> you're not mad about seeing them, but you're like, "Fuck, I don't want to spend 20 minutes this, in this yeah, conversation." conversation. Yeah. yeah. And then you make an awkward dip and jump the patio and take off running down the street. And you're just like, <laughs> "Oh, I haven't done that." <laughs> well, I've seen people do that. I'm just assuming that's kind of the combination they had going in their system. Yeah. What would you what do, What do you think has changed a lot about Midtown here in the last three weeks? Well, man, I, I think it's kind of changed. You know, I feel like. I kind of miss the community that you know things like you know whiskey jam brought down there. You know it's it's kind of it's kind of taking a different turn, and I feel like on the weekends if you go down to Midtown, it's almost like a, you know a second Broadway. Yeah, losers isn't losers on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Even Thursday is a little borderline. It's different than a Friday. It's Saturday. different, man. It's 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 like half capacity, cool vibes, not dead, but not too many people. You can't hang and have a good time. But but when man about Thursdays at turning point thursday nights getting kind of packed friday saturday sunday it's it's you know it's blown out of the water and it kind of turns into that college broadway type atmosphere so i feel like that's a big you know culture shock and i'm hoping it doesn't happen full time down there you know yeah i'm hoping it doesn't happen with demumbrian either right 100 percent. it's demumbrian were you ever a tin roof guy or not really yeah, yeah man I've, I've bumped around in tin roof a few times uh I can see if if you you know if you can get in there on the weekend night, I'd I prefer to hang in Tin Roof, but you know those lines are way down the street, you know. But the they weekend. haven't been recently, right? It's because Barstool, because Barstool opened up. Now Barstool, I still is haven't, alive. I still haven't been there, dude. You haven't been there? No, well, dude, you got to think. I I first moved to town. My first job. Have you had jobs outside of music since you moved here, or have you been able to gig I've enough been, to? I've been blessed enough to gig enough full time, actually. This is a funny. This is a funny fun fact. A lot of people don't know this about me. When I first moved to town, I couldn't get music gigs because the music competition was so high. But <laughs> I could get acting gigs, and I started acting. And so when I first moved to town, and for the first four or five months, I'd acted in different music videos, TV shows. Really? Yeah, man. So my first gig, I end up. This is. So uh, my buddy, our, our buddy Vaden. So Vaden, yeah, nicknames me Skinny Gump because I'm like Forrest Gump. I keep walking into shit. <laughs> and he's, and he's like, well, here's Skinny. He had to go to the White House again. He's like, it's Skinny Gump. Yeah. So this is one of the Skinny Gump moments. I'd been here for maybe a month, We're going a little over a month, and I end up winding up being a, a background actor in Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran's music video. Really? Yeah, man. And so I like, get yeah, the Joker and the Queen. If you go, or, uh, if you go look at it, no shit. Yeah, man. I'm like, and I'm throughout. I'm in party scenes. I'm playing bass in a band, and like, like, <laughs> like in a, like a high school band room. Like I'm playing bass in it. Like, yeah, man. I'm like throughout like this music video, and then I started picking up other ones. Adam Doliax music video. Uh, the Taylor Austin dies. I did hers. Uh, but well, that was a little bit later. I was J. Michael Adams and rest in peace. Wow. And so, yeah, man, I just started doing like acting stuff and I was able to make, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars, you know, a gig. And that's how I was kind of surviving. Yeah, you know, hustle, started hustling that thing and started surviving. And then I finally started getting, you know, uh, gigs. And then I think about four or five months in is when uh, I finally get my losers gig over in Midtown. And that's kind of what, you know, set me as a I guess a midtown staple so to <laughs> yeah. speak but. yeah that's awesome yeah my first gig in town so i had been working in radio yeah. and doing that back home 
and the plan was to come down here and work in radio, but kind of parlay it or pair it with bouncing on Broadway. Right. My first year in town, I was a door guy at fucking Whiskey Row. Oh, shit. From, um, You've seen that thing or two. Bro, yeah, my first weekend, I actually just celebrated my five-year Nash-aversary, uh, if you will. Yeah, Nash-aversary. Yeah. Um, I moved down here Octo- um, Halloween weekend of 2018. Yeah, so this like past weekend. This past weekend, bro, yeah, which was, was crazy because awesome. last week we had four events in town, and we did all the... We were we were running and gunning. We're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. But my thing is with downtown, and like I'll enjoy going down there every once in a while, but that was all that I knew when I first moved mm-hmm. here, bro. Like, I couldn't go to whiskey jam on a monday night because i was checking ids at whiskey road till three in the morning i was yeah. friday saturday sunday day shift. Asleep at yeah 5 yeah it was friday saturday sunday day shift uh which was like 9 a.m to about 7 p.m yeah. sometimes 9 p.m and then monday tuesday i would do my um i would do the night shifts and then i'd be off wednesday thursday and sometimes i'd work wednesday sometimes i'd go seven days in a row bro i was doing like it was fucking nuts so for me it's like going to bars downtown it's just it's different different. you know it's It's a different different, it's a different vibe especially when you're sober especially yeah especially when you've worked in it you know i've I've played a few stages down broadway you know i was i was really wanting to make a go of staying in midtown but you know what circuit were you doing in on broadway because people don't know this too there's the different circuits circuits, the circuits of like the tequila cowboys circuit the the tootsie circuit the the bars on second avenue that are co-owned by different circuits only let you stage models some circuits only make you do in years you know and it's it's crazy because a lot of people don't know yeah where were were you gigging at so i I, so losers had a location downtown yes i played there used to be called swinging doors Doors, swinging doors and I, when I moved here, it just changed. Yes. Yeah, they just bought it. And so, yeah, man. So I was at Losers Downtown Club doing acoustic gigs. And then I started doing, like, the bootlegger circuit. So, like, whiskey oh, band, bootleggers. Okay. And I would start just kind of doing band gigs down there and just kind of keep my chops up. And uh, I've, I played I've played a couple others just kind of, you know, one spots. I played Old Red a couple times, acoustic. That to, me is just, that, that to me is just a different vibe. Vibe, Old yeah, Red. Man, it's, and I Old Red's there. It's a family vibe. It's a family Red. vibe, and they're cool about doing the artistry thing too. You know, they're not a hundred percent cover type uh, venue, which I love. Yeah, know? yeah, like getting to play originals and things like that. Hundred percent, and they want you to kind of, you know, they like bringing in name brand artists that are trying to, you know, you know, yeah. go outside of Nashville. So yeah, if you have a friend coming into town, three places you take them in Nashville. Oh. All right, and this okay, we'll do different friends. We'll start it out. Mom and dad come in. Okay. Mom and dad come in. Where are you taking them? Three places. Restaurants, locations, whatever. Yeah, Three man. places. So I think I think one of my top one of my top places I'd take them is we love walking around Marathon Village. So like we go down to like where like the American Pickers yeah. and stuff. Uh, their store is like H Bar C. We go around there. Um, if I was going to take them somewhere to eat. There's a lot of fucking restaurants there's, out there. there's a fucking See, I've been starting I've been starting to go to like nicer restaurants. You know, yeah. you know, you know Aaron really well, my, my girlfriend. Yeah, oh yeah. And she yeah, 100%. she's turned me into a a, a, a a fan of the Gulch and Twelve South. So, two two places I did not know very well prior to our relationship, getting yeah. into the relationship in the spring. hundred percent, man. So there's a lot of good restaurants down there, but I feel like there's a lot of good down home restaurants and just random places. Well, random places too, man. You know, uh one of our favorite places we love to go is is the Elston Place Soda Shop. Man. Yes. It's got a good vibe. Old school. Good. 
thick chest pie, man, is out yes. of this world, dude. It's it's just old school, good vibes. Uh, another another place we like to go is uh, I can't think of it. Uh, barbecue place. Uh, Edley's. No. Uh, Martin's. Martin's. Yeah. So, but we like the Martin's uh, behind Elston Place, the one on. Oh. The, because that one's never packed. And yes, it's the one delicious. on Charlotte. The yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, man, that one's that one's killer. Yeah, so we go we go to that one quite a bit, and but if I was wanting to go sit down somewhere like really nice, like really fancy, I would get I would do something like uh, like Hollis Chop House. Bro, I went there for the first time this Bro, past week. It's good, dude. Best steak of my fucking life. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to pay for the bill, which was very Food's nice. Very nice, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, God damn. Hollis is really good, and yeah. dude, there's a new seafood place that. Opened up that if you want the steak, this is the surf and turf thing. Is Joe Muir? Where's that? And so it's like over. It's kind of like off in the, like the Gulch area, kind of off the okay. Gulch area. I can't remember. I got I was riding an Uber when I was <laughs> when I was going there. So I can't remember exact spot of town. But Joe Joe Muir, Joe J O E M U E R seafood. Okay, killer. Now three friends come in town Where that party? are looking to get rowdy and yeah. party. Where are you taking them? Well. If they haven't seen Broadway, I gotta take them to Broadway. It's just you know, it's kind of a right. And now, do you thing. start at the top of the street and work your way down? Go straight to Kid Rock. You go straight to yeah. you go straight to Bob's. Yeah, I go straight to Bob's. I got I got support more. You know, we go we we go straight down to Bob's, go up on the mezzanine, and just let them get the whole Kid Rock experience. You know, because that's it, some of the wildest, coolest parties I've ever had. It's been in that bar, so it's just kind of a nostalgic thing for me. It's like, hey, this is one of my hangouts. If I'm not hanging in Midtown, and then. Of course, we'll, you know, transition and do the Red Door Losers local Live Oak thing, you know, start from, you know, Tin Roof down and just kind of end it with a nightcap at the local or something. How loud, Bob's has to be the loudest bar in town. It's got to be like 120 dBs. Oh, dude, it's, it, it's crazy. I, the, <laughs> the stories and things I've seen in that bar are pretty. What was pretty. your first time in there like? So, actually, the first time ever, I was like. 15 visit or, or not not 15 17 during the, 17 18 during the day visiting in there and that's when i kind of was like whoa and it first opened i remember when it first opened we came in me and mom made a trip to nashville and i think yeah i think mom dad and brother all, all yeah. just came out here uh and we went down to kid rocks for the first time and i was like this place is gonna be epic did i know that five years from now it's gonna be like one of my, like one of my friends bars and i get to hang down there no i did not know that yeah. was gonna happen but it's 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 kind of cool seeing how it starts into what's turned into, but yeah, man, just some wild great times. What was your first time like meeting Bob? Yeah, man. So uh, I yeah, was a, that was that through John and just losers connection, actually, or how, was, how actually, does that, that happen? That was a completely different connection. That was actually a Vegas connection. So I don't know if, Vegas. Yeah. So I that, didn't know you have you've done things out in Vegas. Oh, <laughs> so that's really how I've gotten all my success here recently was from a Vegas trip. So. Losers sent me out. They acquired several different venues. You know, Losers has a venue in MGM Grand in Las Vegas that a lot of people go play. But I'd end up not playing at the Losers. But they sent me out there for 10 days during the, the National Finals Rodeo. Oh, for NFR. For NFR. Okay. And so we went out to NFR uh, back last December. And that's when my whole life changed. I went out there for 10 days. We played. Me and Chris Enrucci. We went out there. Four and Wallen. Yeah, four and Wallen, <laughs> my dog. We went out there and we played four hours a night for 10 nights straight. 40 hours of singing in 10 days. Wow. And so we went out there Jeez. and just straight went on a party. And that was probably one of the coolest trips I've ever been on. And probably one of the most productive trips. I made so many great friends. 
and that's how I end up, uh, you know, getting signed to my artist development deal with Drop Time Music, was through a connection to one of my best friends is Barker Steiner, and he is a, uh, he's a, a bareback rider, and he was at, he was actually competing in the first year in the National Finals Rodeo that year, and he came out to my show, and me and him just hit it off, and me him and uh, Cowboy Cerrone, the UFC fighter, yeah, went, oh yeah, went, went bumping around MGM and just became homies. And it was one of the coolest experiences, like the sixth night of the NFR. So who's the most famous person in your phone? This is a common podcast question. I haven't done it in a long time, but with you, I feel like I can do it. Most famous non-music person. Non-music person? <laughs> you don't have to call him or anything. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just trying to think. Like, I'm just trying to think who's in my phone and who's not. Uh because a lot of people with social media, you don't even need phone numbers anymore. Like you just do Instagram right. DMs and stuff, 100%, which is what a lot of people yeah. do. Uh, I think I think the the I think probably one of the most famous would be between John and, and John's probably like, like John Daly. Yeah, yeah, John Daly. Yeah, so JD probably on, he's on my favorites list because like he calls me a second son. Like he's like my or, or I, he calls me his son. Now does that have to he's do like with lo- does that have to do with the losers and his passion for music, or do you think yeah, it also man. has to do with being an Arkansas the Arkansas kid. dude. So the actually, Arkansas thing's got to be huge with John. Yeah, so I met John out here at Losers when the first time we actually met. But one of, one of my close friends, sadly he's passed on, but Ryan Mallett, the famous uh, quarterback. Oh, yeah. yeah so Ryan he, used to come to Nashville all yeah, the so time. Yeah, so Ryan was one of my homies. And so I, I was kind of the, one of the guys that showed Ryan Midtown and started bringing him oh. around. And so that's why he started bumping in the local Losers Live Oak, and so he had just kind of randomly was wanting to get off Broadway and walked in the doghouse when I was first playing. I've been there for like four or five months on a Sunday. I mean, him went down and just got shit hammered on a Sunday evening <laughs> and had a it had an absolute blast down in uh, Midtown. I kind of started showing him around, and me and Ryan became close friends. Well, he took some videos and he sent some video videos to uh, John Daly of me. He's like, "Dude, you got to check this kid out, bro. He's he's awesome." And what a lot of people don't realize about John is he, he he does drink a lot, he parties a lot, but he's one of the sharpest minds I've ever been around, even in that environment. He remembers everything. Like, he could, you know, be three bottles of Belvedere in, and the next day he's going to be like, man, dude, that was fun last night. Remember when we did this, 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 and this? And he's going to remember all of it. It's pretty it's pretty incredible talent. No shit. And so, uh, so yeah, man, so... I bumped into John at Losers the first time I saw him. I was in there playing when he came in, and he goes, "Hey, Ryan Mallett sent me some videos and remembered everything." And was like, "Dude, come over here to my table." And for a while, he couldn't get my nickname right. He called me Sticks. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, Sticks, Sticks, come over here, Sticks." And then uh, from then on, you know, he just bump in from time to time, get up, we jam together, and we just kind of started. Uh, started jamming and then me and his daughter became really close and she's like my sister Shia Daly I love them and, and they're like like my second family and so that's when we started kind of developing you know a really close a close friendship and that's uh, that's kind of how it kind of all played out meeting John was no that. shit but, but yeah man but the Vegas trip so when I met Roger Steiner before they left they called a producer uh, named Jimmy Ritchie and that's how Jimmy ended up, you know, introduced me to Catino, and that's how everything started working with Drop Time. And that's what we're, that's what's cool is how organic it happened just from, you know, playing a bar gig out in Vegas, meeting a friend that, you know, I had no idea who he was that was riding, you know, horses for a living, which was really cool. And we just, you know, developed a bond and uh, had a great friendship that, you know, ended up 
setting up a really cool career for me so far. So I'm excited for the music we got coming out and everything. It's going to yeah, be dude. Happen, so. And and Jim Catino, for those that don't know, as uh, the dude that's been a part of kind of shaping the the music industry here in Nashville yeah, over the last two three decades, Legend. like just him and Jimmy Ritchie both. Yes, yeah, they've both been around for a very long time, and we have some other friends that are involved within Jim's family, guys like. Dalton Dover, yeah, like man. Alex Maxwell, like Joy Beth Taylor, obviously very tight with Kane and the, and yeah. all that's in the Cole, verse two yeah. stuff and things going on. And so that's a great place for you to be, dude. And that's yeah, a man. huge, a huge got to be a big, big validation thing for you too to have yeah. folks that could really be working with anyone in town and have worked with everyone to say, we want to work with you, yeah, little man. skinny, that, you know, like we see that. something in you and from Fucking nine years ago was that fifteen year old kid not making it through Watermelon Idol to flying out with with all these people out to California that yeah. crazy flight to now you've got music out as a little skinny you've yeah. got people that want to hear what you have to say you've gotten to open up for some cool people you're getting out there to do your own damn shows and it's it's got to be exciting man yeah man it's awesome yeah you know we we released my first real single in eight years you know yeah like a, a month ago which was cool is you know i worked with three different producers and they did three different productions of my own original stuff and i never was happy with it i would just throw it away just didn't use that spit and wasted a shit ton of money you know working <laughs> with different producers to you know and it just and i just didn't feel like it was time i didn't feel yeah. like it was right to put out music and and it was good music and i made good you know, good connections. Like one of the one of the producers I worked with, I still love to this day is Kent Wells. Yes, and that's how yeah. I ended up getting to you know sing on Dolly Parton's record. So I got to sing background vocals on Dolly's new uh, rock and roll records coming out this month. And so rock star. And so I got to sing like backgrounds of like you know Purple Rain and like all these. <laughs> I kind of, we are the champions. You really are fucking skinny gum. Yeah, skinny gum. I walked. You really are. Stuff. You just fucking <laughs> pop up, dude. Like it's wild. We're, we're gonna look back. Like there's gonna my kid. My my like people are gonna be watching videos like 20 20 years from now and be like oh shit that's a little skinny in the background of that like yeah man it's it's crazy i just find yourself around. in the weirdest fucking the coolest situations yeah man my dad gave me some really cool advice and i and i took it to heart you know he told me he said he said son if you hang around three junkies you'd be the fourth one he said hang around three millionaires you'd be the fourth one he said, you are who you hang around with. And if you hang yourself around, he said, I'm not saying you need to hang around millionaires all the time, but he said, if you hang your, you surround yourself, you know, with good people and successful people, he said, the rest will take you, you know, to, you know, places you'll never know. Amen, dude. That's so. a good, that's a good spot. And, um, I think a good place to kind of, kind of wrap up. up that's yeah, a fun, from, from the quote, the words of wisdom from big skinny, <laughs> yeah. to little skinny. Yeah, uh, what do we got going on the rest of this year? So we're in, we're into November this year. It's fucking yeah, flown by. It's going by crazy. What do you man. got for the, the close out this year? And then what do we have to look forward to? I'm guessing we got some fucking music coming, boy. Yeah, man. So yes, yeah, so we just released the first single. So we got, let's have a ball out right now. My next single is Red Dirt Over Black Top. It'll be coming out December. Love that one. Yeah, man. December 15th. Wrote that with. Uh, some boys that are kind of in the camp as well. Dan Reed Isbell. Hell yeah. Guys. Yeah, man. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we got that one coming out December 15th. Uh, we're hoping, you know, for my AP to come out, you know, the, uh, you know, kind of in fe February, early spring, cool. kind of starting in March. 
have uh, have my EP from Nashville to Nashville come out. I love that title. And so, <laughs> Nashville yeah, to Nashville. And so uh, that's the that's kind of what we're uh, looking forward to. Uh, this yeah, this weekend I've got uh, or actually tomorrow where I'm fixing to, after I get done here I'm fixing to go pack my bags and head down to Texas Can. I'm opening up for Priscilla Block tomorrow night. Hell yeah! yeah so this so, is actually this podcast is coming out tomorrow oh cool so yeah it's coming so, out tomorrow noon so yeah. tonight so tonight yeah so yeah so tonight i'll be opening up for priscilla block and texture canada well you got to get one of those um traffic traffic controller <laughs> traffic vests. vests you should walk out because it's i'm sure it's gonna be cold as fuck like oh it dude, gets, it's gonna be like 45 hey, degrees in hey, texture canada hey. night you should come out wearing wearing the jacket maybe for, maybe the maybe the coyote had to but yeah. wear wear that and the then traffic vest with over. the traffic vest over that, bro. <laughs> it's so ninety nine on me. That'd be so bro, awesome. She would, I, and then that's how you get in with with Prissy. Like oh that's, yeah, if, if, I don't know if you know Priscilla or not. I've already. seen her out at Losers a couple times. She's about to, her, Kara. They're okay. they're great people. No, very they're, very close with that camp. That's yeah. a that's a good a good crew. You're gonna have a, <laughs> it's you, gonna be a party. You're you're gonna have a ball. No <laughs> pun intended. Oh, hundred percent. There will be some bush light drink. <laughs> oh, we we're gonna have a ball. Hell yeah, dude. Now, where can people go to find you on social media and yeah, man. all that shit? Yeah, so social media all the way across the board is L-I-L underscore skinny underscore music. But if you just put L-I-L skinny, and it'll pop up. And you got music out on Spotify, Yeah, Apple man. Music, yeah, especially go shit. follow me on Spotify. That's, you know, the yeah. key thing right now, so. Hell yeah, dude. Well, Little Skinny, thank you so much Matt, for joining us, brother. Pleasure. We appreciate you. Y'all be sure to follow our boy, Little Skinny, and uh, be on the lookout for nashville to nashville coming out in february and he's got the new single out right now got another single coming yeah, hopefully december you said before 15th. december 15th yeah, december 15th red yeah, dirt over black blacktop yeah, red dirt over black red top. dirt over blacktop coming uh december 15th um and uh one of our favorite dudes in town so y'all do the right thing and give him a follow i uh, appreciate all y'all watching and listening to another edition of outside the round uh shout out to our friends from big friendly productions saxman studios our boy mitch wallace with the digital marketing agency and of course whales with whale tail media y'all want to know more about us visit raisedrowdy.com. got a bunch of merch got a bunch of shit going on and um also I'll mention this uh, on here and to you. December the 13th. Yeah. It's a Wednesday night. We are doing our first ever Raised Rowdy Christmas party. And it's going to be at the Rusty Nail. It's going to be open to the public. BYOB, bring your own beer money. Um, And... uh, (laughs) Love that. And uh, we're doing um, a special to uh, benefit uh, Toys for Tots. Um, You bring a a toy to donate, you get a free draft beer. So bring a a toy, get a free beer. Um, And we're going to be doing karaoke and all that shit. So December 13th, y'all mark the calendar. Of course, our normal rounds and events that we do. Uh, We'll appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure to like, rate, subscribe, all that shit. We will see you next time. This has been Outside the Round. For too long I ain't never been the best at saying I love you to a girl I love